Hello and welcome to Immigrant Journeys Season 2. My name is Hamza Janaid and this is the show which shares the beautiful tales of people from around the world. I want you to look around you for a moment. Who do you see? Hopefully no one because it's COVID-19 still. But I want you to remember those faces moving past you and think, where have they been? Where have they come from? Because the chances are that they're close to a story more grand than you could imagine. This is season two, episode one. We're talking to Vidushi. Dear friend of mine, one of the first friends that I made when I moved to Amsterdam. We're going to be talking a little bit about science, a little bit about India, a little bit about perspective, becoming Amsterdamers as well. So sit back and enjoy. Uh, apologies for the delay to this uh, season two starting. Uh, everyone in my family got covid and then some other stuff happened. Everyone is now safe and happy and healthy. So thank you for asking. Um, if you would like to interact with me, then please do uh, via the Instagram handle at Immigrant Journeys Podcast, where we can discuss themes for next shows. Maybe we'll even interview you. Uh, and if you'd like to nominate anyone, please do so. Anyway, Badushi. You're up. Which is not good, but I'm good. Why is it not good to have exam anxiety? It reminds me of hard exam times, dude. Tell me about your the hardest exam you ever did. Medical neuroscience and neuroanatomy. What does any of that mean? Yeah, exactly. Um yeah it's, it was a, a exam in my masters mm-hmm. it was the longest course that i've taken it was like three months or something how long was the exam about, oh three hours three hours and it's all about um yeah the brain anatomy we had dissection classes and everything but the worst thing is that it's a multiple choice exam mm-hmm. so you have to pick an answer whereas anatomy is something that you should be able to write about it was hard and the exam was like at eight in the morning and it's so dark here and you have to wake up and it's gloomy so you wake up with a sad feeling mm. and you go give this really hard exam mm. which i pass with good grades but still no you're a smart person i think I, I would trust you to do well in most exams vidushi welcome to immigrant journeys how are you i'm good i'm good how are you <laughs> i'm good thank you very much for asking you're actually the first of season two and the first to record a podcast from my new home so welcome actually and being being a person who went so i used to let's be honest i used to live in a mansion like a mansion crazy crib and now i live in now i live in what could only be described as a yeah that was a beautiful house that was that was that was crazy that was a beautiful living room as well yeah that's when i had a lot of money like a fireplace and a really pretty balcony yeah yeah it's when I had money it, and now the economy's down, down and my stocks aren't doing so well, so I had to I move out. I think it's just because you wanted to live by yourself. Yeah, that's so. also true. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but what do you think of the new tiny home? I really like it. You know I like it. It's yeah. so cute and, and it's perfect. I prefer it a lot more to the previous place, if I'm honest, because I have privacy here. It's it's like, it feels like it's mine in a in a way that's different to any other place that I've lived in. And it's the first time I'm living by myself. 
I do sometimes, like when the doorbell goes, I assume that the person who used to live here is going to be like, can you leave now? Like, what? you don't actually live here. Like I do, no, genuinely, I have this you feeling. Know, I've had that too. Yeah? I've had that too. Like yeah? just this feeling that you're here, but like, what the fuck? Yeah. Am I really here? Yeah. Was there a doorbell? No, that's the church bells. That's church bells. Yeah. Oh. Do you remember? Do you remember the church bells from my old place as well? Yeah, but I it try was, and stay near the church loud. to keep Jesus close. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? What time <laughs> is it? It's eight thirty. But <laughs> no, but, okay. So there's something with the churches here where they just go off every like fifteen minutes. Like the one that I used to live close to, it was the Anne Frank House. Yeah. And uh, I used to complain. I was like, oh, they're Wait, always going was off. Was that a different church? Yeah, that one was Westerkirk. Dude, it's weird. Like, I've lived in Amsterdam three years. I never noticed the churches. I would like, see... I never noticed them. What do you mean? There's one here. Have you noticed the one just, just here? I just don't notice them. Do you know where we went to get pie one day? Uh, Apple Rainbow pie. 43. Yeah. Yeah. Have you noticed that there's a massive church opposite? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's huge. So there's the basketball thing. You know, there's like the basketball hoop. And then to the right of that, that building is a church. If you look up, it's a fucking church. Oh, I guess my brain just blocks these Your brain out. blocks my, these my things My brain out. blocks religion. Yeah. That's so it. we've already started recording, but oh. but I just want to be clear. Your voice, you have this very dainty, lovely, okay, very okay. soft really voice. Close. So just get close to the mic yes. and also get loud because, because I want to hear what you have to say. First of all, I want to give you a bit of an introduction. I will start off by oh. saying, okay, I met you at... Um, a place called Mezrab, which actually I met. I've met a few different people. Um, I don't feel the... special anymore. Well, in truth, you're the only one that I'm really still in touch with. If I'm being honest, I'd that's that's to make it. you feel that's to make you feel special. But I did date the other six of them, so I mean, what the, the fuck? <laughs> I'm, joking. <laughs> I'm joking. The pred- I'm joking. predator of Mezrab. <laughs> um, we met at Mezrab. I remember you were what you were eating. What can only be described as dal chawal. At the back of Mezrab. <laughs> I brought it from home. Yeah, you brought love. it from home. I remember I could smell something and I turned around <laughs> on the bleachers that I was sat at and you were sat there. You had your hair tied up because, of course, you don't want the curls to go into the dark. It was summer. It was, was summertime. Yeah, it was a really nice summer. I remember that night, um, especially because the there was a lot of like comedy people in the, in the show that night, if I remember correctly. Um, and we were sat like when they had just built the new bleachers. Yeah. Because yeah, before you just had to sit in like the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think they've done a really good job with, with changing it up. Place. I really miss that place. It's been so long. It's yeah. been more than a year since I've been there. Yeah. Well, so I met you there in the summer last year, 2019. I mean, after that, I've, I've been there a couple of times. Yeah. We, we went there again, by the way. We've been there twice. Did I go with you? Yeah. I go there with a lot. No, no, no. I actually remember. I remember. We went, Um, it was more winter time. Yeah, it was yeah. cold. It was last time. year, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Huh, I miss the place. Nice. Yeah. And the view is so nice. Like, yeah. Once you get out. Oh. That place is actually, it's nice, like a nice reset to the end of the week because it's always on a Friday night. Yeah. You go there and yeah. Oh, fun times. I'm really looking forward to life going back to normal. Me too. I almost forgot about it. I've forgotten like what life was like before. <laughs> That's why I'm like, I'm not doing too badly because I just don't remember. Yeah. So I'm just like doing the new, what's whatever's new right now. Yeah. But, well, yeah. so we met at Mezrab. I've known you since pretty much since I moved to Amsterdam. Aww. I was just this young, naive <laughs> British Pakistani kid in this weird <laughs> Dutch city. 
you know, cycling around on my bike and, and we met because you were eating dal chawal at... Uh, I was eating soup, by the way. Dal chawal. But okay. And, um, and uh, yeah, we, we, we stayed in touch. And now I know you as uh, Vidushi, the neuroscientist who assists with the European Space Agency or the Global Space Agency? Uh, European Space European. Agency. Yeah, I'm good. I'm not I'm that good. cool yet. You're not yet. global yet. No, You're still I'm European. Not yet. <laughs> still European. Um, and you're one of the smartest people I know, or at least you put the facade of like, you know, you've got the accolades, oh, you know, okay. you do some pretty smart things too. So, you know, it's, it's nice to have friends who can correct you. Um, and you're also, you know, you've taken to, to Europe very well in that you've taken up this weird sport called bouldering, where there are only people there who have, you know, interesting, funny accents and they all can speak lots of European languages. And I feel yeah. like every time I go there, there's someone from another European city. I like that. I like that but, everybody there mostly speaks English. Yeah. So I'm just but, like, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But no, but also they've always got an accent, which yeah. is like Northern European, yeah. Southern European. Sometimes Eastern as well. Sometimes Eastern. A lot of times Eastern. Some South Americans too, which is nice. Really? Yes. So like I've yesterday. Some, I've seen some Indians around as well. Yeah. I mean, not, yeah. Not just us, but. Like, not just us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm Indian. Finally. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you're here today because I remember when I first met you, I asked you point blank. I said, hey, I've got a podcast. Would you like to be on it? And you were like, no, I have nothing. You're, I've probably got the the yeah. message somewhere. You were like, no, I have nothing to talk about. I was like, oh, okay, damn. You were the second person. Like, I think you were first or second person to like turn me down. I was like, oh, I took it really personally. Sorry. No, but now like loads of people turn me down. So it's completely fine. All right. Um, okay. You're used to it. <laughs> yeah. But it was uh, it was funny. And, I, and, then, and then a few months later, you were like, I think I want to be on. Not a few months later, a few months back. Yeah. Like from now, but yeah. Yeah, like a couple. I think it was maybe in. I think April? we were having pie. Yeah, I think it was April because it was like still sunny outside and it was warm. And you were like, "Hey, I think I made a mistake. I want to be on your podcast." And I was like, "Yes." Yeah, I said I regret. I regretted it. Yes. See, I think like back then I was thinking a lot about like, wait, 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 like what do I have to talk about? Like, but then I realized that. You know, I can just talk about whatever. Mm. It doesn't matter. Like, it's not my responsibility to inspire other people. It's not about that. It's just about me talking to a friend. So why are you here now? Well, I guess we became better friends too. So I was like, eh, I'll just go yeah, chat with him. Yeah, okay. He's not weird. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I, d- I think, I think, I think pr- I probably came across as a bit of a weirdo as well. No. Like, because I didn't really know you. And I was like, do you want to be in my podcast? You were just excited. <laughs> you were just like, hey, do you want to do this? I was like, You're brown. You want to be on my podcast, right? <laughs> I have a brown friend. Oh my gosh. The first Indian friend I met here. I was like, first Pakistani friend I met here. Oh, not bad. See, first Pakistani friend. I just want the record to know. So now you're here. Welcome. <laughs> Just so everyone Thank knows, you. we are abiding by a 1.2 meter difference. <laughs> it's not 1.5 quite, but I, it's, the apartment's very small, so we have to sit slightly of closer. Of course you measured it. I measured it. It's 1.2. Um, I think you might be a bit closer than is like statutory rights at the moment, but oh. hey, we'll take it for what it is. You're, You're here happy, now. aren't you? Sorry? You're happy that I'm closer than the I'm, statutory Well, rights. you know, I prefer it if you wear a mask, but you're not going to. <laughs> I will have to disinfect this, the, all these microphones afterwards, but it's fine. Okay. I think, to be honest, you're probably the only one this side of the year that I will do in person. The rest will probably be over Zoom. So special. So special. So and special. Your, your episode. In your beautiful home. Beautiful, luxurious, I love tiny home. Yeah, okay. If only people could see this chair. Describe the chair to people who aren't here. Okay. It's like this beautiful green emerald colored Ooh, emerald. chair. 
Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. Like, is it a chair or is it like a sofa chair? I would What's call it an it? armchair. An armchair. All right. That's what it is. And it's just velvety and it's so soft and it's so nice. I feel like I'm sinking in. Nice. Well, yeah, it was funny. Chair. We did a bit of a we did a bit of a rearrange of my living room and we just made sure that you were as comfy as possible. You're actually locked in. You cannot I leave. I cannot. Like you I... have to answer every single question <laughs> otherwise you cannot leave this apartment. You're properly locked in. I'm really locked to in. this side of the table. <laughs> well, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Welcome to the new home. Welcome to season two. It, I will be honest, and I think I said this to you prior, I feel a bit nervous doing this again. because I have I've exam so- anxiety. Exam anxiety. That's what we're, what we're dealing with right now. I genuinely feel like I haven't done this in a long time because I haven't. But also, a lot has changed in my life personally. And I feel like I can, I can reflect on those things with a bit more, I guess, distance from those events taking place. Um, so that's quite nice. So maybe they'll come up as we as we talk. Um, but more than anything, I'm just excited to like speak to more people. I was speaking to Eric today, actually. Well, we were sending voice notes, and uh, he's very. He, I mean, he loves philosophy anyway. But we were getting very philosophical about what the podcast would be, or like what the stages of the podcast would be what, for the future. You're inviting him again, or like possibly? Who knows? Hmm. Who knows? I think I heard that podcast. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Well, he sounds good and he's easy on the eyes. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll have him back. (laughs) Maybe we'll have him back. So, Vidushi, tell us, who the hell are you? Apart Mm. from being a neuroscientist and someone who enjoys Gajar Kahalba, Mm. you also have a story previous to Amsterdam. You've only lived in Amsterdam for three years. Where the hell are you from? All right. Come on, let's go. By the way, before you start, I just need everyone to know Everyone who I interview usually says to me, oh, by the way, I've been thinking about some of the thought starters that we're going through. No one has bought notes <laughs> like you have. You had to say No, but I, I appreciate it. No, no, I do appreciate I I appreciate anyone who is prepared and anyone who is organized. So Just didn't I, want to forget something. No, and I think that's perfect. And I feel like this is why it's going to be, it's going to make some great stories because you have mm. some solid ideas as to I what you know. want to talk about. It's more like my forgetfulness. Perfect. That's good. You have structure and, and honesty written down, and I'm looking forward to reading your diary in the next few months. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So where are you from? Who are um, you? What are you doing sat in front of me? Okay. Well, I'm from India. And well, do you want to know where I live? Where in, yeah. Where in India are you from? Where were you born? I was born uh, in a small place near Indore. You wouldn't know where. Tell us where. Um, North, south, east, no. west. So Indore is right in the middle of India. It's in the center. And then there's this tiny little village. It's called Barnagar. I was just born there. That's it. Mm-hmm. End of end of that place. Okay. I was born. We moved. I think like within a week or something. Um, but then the last place or the first place that I can consciously remember is Jaipur mm-hmm. or Jodhpur. Jodhpur, sorry. And... Um, I think I was a baby there, but I don't mm-hmm. know why I still have like a memory or two of it. Um, yeah, we were there for a few years, or maybe one year or two, and then we moved to Pachmari, which is again in the center of India. I think it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever lived. Mm-hmm. Um, we stayed there for about three years. I did my oh, that was my first school. Oh yeah, that's cute. Nice. How um, long did you stay there for? 
I don't remember. Maybe three years or mm-hmm. something like that. Four. I think Pachmuri was more of a um, on and off because we were there and then we went to Leh in, in Jammu and Kashmir and then we came back and then we moved to another place. So yeah, Pachmuri was a bit of an on and off, but it was a really beautiful place. I Basically in Pachmuri, I grew up in forests. Mm. Every weekend we would just, yeah, my parents would just take me and my elder sister to one of the forests where there were like a lot of waterfalls. Mm-hmm. And we would just play there. That was really our nice. childhood. Very it was nice. Really nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. And then we moved to another city. Um, this was, I want to say, it was Ranchi. Sometimes they are like, conf- I confuse them. Which one? The place is the called Ranchi. Ranchi. <laughs> oh, ah, it explains get, a lot. I'll never oh, get that God. out of my head now. <laughs> every time. Um, yeah. I don't know how to describe geographically where it is it's it's north center ish west somewhere there um that was short we were there just for a year then we moved to another place and that was again just two more years and then we moved to another place this place is in the northeast of india it was one of my favorites and we stayed there for a year but it was just so so beautiful i feel like i have more vivid memories from that place mm-hmm. because again it was just super green and super beautiful and the people were nice mm-hmm. the people were super nice because i moved around so much um there were some places that were very hospitable whereas the others no, not so much mm-hmm. but in the northeast there i feel like the friends that i made there i'm still in touch with them yeah and it was like i was in sixth grade i was what like maybe 11 years old yeah so yeah, it's a long time back. I'm getting old. How old are you now? 23. You're gonna be 24 in a few Happy. months. <laughs> so excited. Yeah, can't believe that I, I would. Well, if I'm still here in February, you'll still be here. I hope so. Yeah. I'm just, my 21st was here. My 22nd was here. My 23rd was here. My 24th would be here. Like four birthdays in one place. That has never happened before. Yeah. That's new. Yeah. That's really new. Um, yeah. And then after that place, we moved again and again. And then we finally decided to, my father and my mother finally decided to settle in Bhopal. Mm -hmm. And I did my high school there and my bachelor's there. That's also one of the places that I've stayed the longest. And I got bored. Why? It's just so big. Everything is is too far away. It took me one hour by car to go to university. Right. And one hour to return. And by the end of the day, I would just be too tired to do anything else because of all the driving in the traffic in India. <laughs> so, yeah, and everything was just a bit unapproachable because mm-hmm. of the distance. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what, that's also why I got bored. But also, I think I, yeah, I struggled to make friends in that city. I did have some, some good friends, but not many friends. Yeah, and then I came here. Then you came here. So that's like nine places-ish? Nine places. Including Amsterdam. Nine places, including Amsterdam. Yeah, and I moved to Amsterdam when I was 20. 20, and now you're going to be a big girl, 24 years old. The Okay, so when you were when you were a kid, tell me about when you were in, was it in Bashmari that you were, that you were like in your five, six, sevens? Yeah. 
No. Maybe, maybe five. Five? Okay, so you're five years old in Bashmari, which is north central. Yeah. North central India. What did what did you think? What was the vision that you had of like your future when you were growing up in Bashmari? Didn't have one, dude. I was a kid. No, but you know, you have like an idea of like, for instance, when I was five years old, I thought I was probably going to become like, um, I'll be honest, I thought I was going to become an accountant. Like I had this this idea because you're just surrounded by the idea that you're going to do a certain type of job. I'd never met an accountant, but you, I had this idea that, yeah, one day I'm going to sit in an office, <clears throat> probably doing something with numbers um, and that was sort of going to be the life that I was going to have. And it was probably going to be in London. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But did you have any vision of like, yeah, did you, what did you think? Did you think you were always going to be in Bushmary? Did you think you were going to become like a teacher? Like what were your, what were your five-year-old ambitions? By the way, one of my five-year-old ambitions, and it probably stayed with me until I was about 15, was that I really wanted to be a pop singer. Like really, really badly. <laughs> That's a nice one. Really That's badly. One. So it was either an accountant or a pop singer. Well... I can't, I, I really can't remember. I think like as a kid, mm. I was, I didn't have any ambition. I was a horrible student. Dude, until high school, I was failing shit. I was mm. like, what is this education? I don't need no education. I just wanted to play, be with friends, be outside. I don't know, run around, be a kid. Yeah. Um, in the forests and the lakes. In the forests and the lakes. That's so and nice. just play around. Like, no, I was, you could not keep me at home. Yeah. I was quite That's a great. hyperactive kid. Yeah. Not really, yeah. but kind of. Yeah. And it would be like maybe like by three o'clock, once you've had lunch and everything, your parents would go have their siesta. Hmm. My sister's doing whatever she's doing. And I would just try to run from the house. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to go out. It's just too much energy. I'm like, what am I doing at home? I want to go out and play. Hmm. But it's it's hot in india it's at 3 p.m it's hot it's like that afternoon sun where you don't want to go out you stay inside um and i remember the the lock on the door was too high for me to Cute. get to so i would just like <laughs> stack everything there is climb up stand on it really quietly open the door so it doesn't make any sound so my yeah. mom and dad don't wake up and just like sneak out and go of course my parents knew they were not like and you have to return at six o'clock because that's when the sun starts coming down you cannot stay out in the dark mm -hmm. um and they were like yeah what time did you leave like at five <laughs> no so yeah for me as a kid i just wanted to play around i think at some point when and I, I don't know if my parents even or maybe they probably asked me what i wanted to do as a kid i just don't remember the from the point that i can remember is that i wanted to be an architect okay but i have no real idea what an architect does what it is just the word seemed nice who printed that who, who okay so that's a, that's an interesting one so who first imprinted that idea of architect and who was the first person to say that word around you and did you know any architects my one of my aunts she yeah. studied to be an architect right i don't know if she practiced but well yeah i think it was her i don't know why that memory just stuck in my head and why being an ar architect suddenly became so cool mm -hmm. i think it was just this age like when you would go to visit your cousins and then everybody was like oh so what do you want to do when you grow up mm -hmm. everybody would say something like i remember my cousin wanted to be a scientist and well now she's studying english literature mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, everybody wanted to do something else. And I was like, I don't 
no just want to play can we play yeah nice yeah so you want to be an architect in Bushmery? not really not really not really <laughs> you just want to play around and then the first the... I, I would like to be called the architect but that's it yeah I think to be honest even I at some level just want to be known for the profession that I do but I don't really want to do too much outside of it except maybe being like a an actual show host one day you know mm. like I would actually like to be known for that thing eventually but yeah you'd be good at it do you think so mm-hmm. yeah can you tell all your friends that so that they will sure. also like be on the podcast and then I can grow my profile and then the podcast and then yeah. suddenly <laughs> buy the mansion again and then I can like live very well can I get a room <laughs> <laughs> let's see like look let's just do this podcast and then we can figure out the rest at another stage um, okay so so you're also um, and I'm gonna go there because we're friends and I think I, I should so what was it like growing up as a girl in India especially especially because you've moved around lots what was there what was there I guess you had the idea to become an architect because you had role models who were around that but what was the what was the other what were the other sort of um things that were available to you or made to feel available to you as a woman growing up in India or as a girl sorry growing up in India well I feel like well the girl thing is a bit separate from what was made available to me yeah because okay firstly and remember, this is about you. So I want to know. I want to know about your experience. All right. Yeah. Um. I think like definitely. Okay. We'll talk about the girl part later. Yep. Um. I think like I've had quite a quite a lot of privilege mm-hmm. because of my parents. Um. Um. Yeah, and also not just like who my parents are, like what, where they are in the society, but more to do with who they are as people. So I meet. Pri- I mean privilege in that sense because my mom's pretty exposed and my dad always wants wants me to learn new things mm-hmm. and that's something definitely that's still stuck with me mm-hmm. so they always i think when they were having babies they, they wanted their babies to have a lot of exposure mm-hmm. and they just wanted them to learn everything that there was in the world so where do you think that came from i don't know yeah why did why do you think that certain people are predisposed to want that for their for their kids maybe they didn't have that or maybe they did yeah some of it and they wanted their kids to have more yeah i think because like that's what happens right your parents always want more than what they have Mm -hmm. themselves Mm -hmm. and both my parents are pretty exposed like my dad because he was in the military he got to to go around a lot and Mm. yeah learn stuff and so did my mom um so I think a part of that comes from their experiences as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, ever since I was a kid, they always pushed me to like go into competitions and what kind of competitions? Debates, well, like the intellectual ones, but also like sports. So I w- grew up always doing one or the other sport, or um, always being in like one club or the other. Um, yeah, so that that definitely. Um, yeah, those were the things that were that were available to me, but that that was because of my parents. And as a girl, well, <laughs> not so much, right? Because I guess when you grow up as a girl in India, um, I mean, I don't want to say that it's completely bad or anything. I think like when you're a kid, it it's fine. At least for me, it was fine. Like, I didn't feel any less than any boy. Um, yeah. 
it was pretty much okay but then like when puberty hit things changed i think mm -hmm. like i felt like i was being restricted more like with the things that i was told not to wear even though my parents are pretty progressive but now they could work on their progressiveness but still like they're progressive enough from for indian standards i guess so Got they you. never like they were still okay with what i wore what i did mm -hmm. but you could see you just feel it when like all the eyes are on you or you know you would be in a certain part of a town and you just feel uncomfortable mm -hmm. so you 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 just want to blend in mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um yeah that's the difference i guess and also like in university or something i never really experienced sexism which is weird because you would ex expect that right well i i i in my opinion you would hope that places like universities would uh would allow for as you've used the word progressive you would want more progressive thinking you like you would ide ideally have a situation where that's the place where you go to explore anyway in general both academically but also in terms of new friendships new people new ideas things that you wouldn't necessarily be exposed to if you stayed in your hometown um I think that's I think one thing you mentioned that um it's kind of stuck with me so you kind of said um your father wanted you to learn new things uh and then you also mentioned oh you know well a lot of parents want their children to have more than they did and I think there's a I think there's a it's for me it's like it's wonderful that they had um a way of thinking which was which is progressive we use that word again um but I think the tradition of what i've seen like growing up in london around pakistani and indian families the more than i had means something different like what it sounds like to me and i'm not trying to put words in your mouth it's you went to university or you as you were growing up it was about learning for the sake of learning and expanding your mind mm -hmm. which i think is wonderful whereas the environments that perhaps i grew up around mm -hmm. and um i'm sure other people who grew up in london or western cities it wasn't necessarily about like expanding your mind or, or gaining something um a new way of thinking it was actually no no keep your way of thinking just earn more money just earn lots of money yeah and and be taken care of i think part of that is also because when you take a, a community as rich and as, as strong as like indian and pakistani culture and you transplant it into another society the first thing you do is you hold on to the past yeah and the second one the second one is about survival so like okay we can preserve the culture because we can fix that in the home but then the other side is like like this isn't our country mm. in quotation marks so we have to really build a lot of safety yeah. and i think i've taken that a little bit too literally like i build safety everywhere i go yeah. um but i think it's interesting and i think how do you think for instance the next generation let's say if you decide to have children um or or even even like for instance you know if if you have like nieces and nephews down the line mm -hmm. what do you think that next phase will be like what what do you think will be the i want you to have more but what's the more mm. what's the context of the more yeah mm. big question big question <laughs> but like going back like i feel like almost everybody in india who okay goes to school who is privileged or a bit underprivileged they all go to university because that's just the next thing to do it's not necessarily to expand your mind that's maybe a conscious decision that if yeah some students can make but most of the time it's just like yeah because you go to university then you make money then you're educated so that's how it goes that's mm -hmm. how life goes um 
which is pretty like yeah but here it's a bit different right like you you also choose at some point whether you want to go to university or not that's not something i could have said to my parents like i don't want to go to university yes they're like well, what does that mean right those words don't make sense yeah um but no, it's not i feel that the I, same way yeah. yeah it's not like i didn't want to anyway but it's just the, you know there wasn't an alternative anyway mm-hmm. but then yeah um what would it hold for the next generation um first if there is another generation given the yeah the situation of the world um what do you mean by that i don't know we're all gonna die yeah we are eventually but what eventually. do you mean speci- no but what do you mean specifically like why do you think there might not be a second generation i mean there probably will be right but we still have a lot of time before we all die yeah but mm, well the next generation in india are here wherever i feel like if i don't know i feel the next generation here would be pretty much like this one <laughs> like I would, they'll be free they'll be fine they'll be like yeah. i want to go to uni i don't yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i'll be fine yeah. oh, sorry Ooh, your brand new pen yeah drop my pen okay keep going um but the one in india i yeah i hope that it would be more progressive like i i, I it's hard to say for all of india because you know india mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's dynamic it's different for everybody it's different so already there are like super progressive people whereas some some people aren't so just to say as a whole i don't know but let's say upper middle class or something um yeah i can all i can say is that maybe they'll be more open to deciding what they want to do in life next Mm -hmm. in terms of like (laughs) not being engineers and doctors but maybe something else yeah yeah Okay, interesting. You, you mentioned, you said the generation here. Give us a quick insight into your view on the current generation, current Dutch generation that we have in front of us. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're because because you're an you, because let's let's put it uh, bluntly, you're an outsider to Dutch culture in some respects, as yeah. as am I, uh, or at least I I feel that way. I feel like an outsider to Dutch culture because I feel like it's to me it's a little bit. It's interesting. It's kind of funny. It's weird. Like I kind of poke fun at it, but also I kind of intrigued by it. So I would your... think that it would be very similar for you because you grew up in UK. Okay, that's interesting. See, that's a, that's an interesting perspective. <laughs> yeah, I I think I think I didn't grow up around British culture. I grew up around London culture, okay. and London culture I feel like is very different to, um, yeah, to the rest of the UK. London mm-hmm. culture is like for me. There's there's a big culture, especially in the UK, which is surrounding pubs, like pub culture and like Sunday roasts, and um, you know going uh, having 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 like like regional families. Whereas everyone I grew up around was, I'd say fifty percent of the people were immigrant backgrounds, and the other fifty percent were English, but they were Londoners, mm. and Londoners is very much like you're you're in the city because someone is striving for like a an extreme difference in their like stage of uh, their i guess their life potential mm. earnings different exposure to the world you want like an international aspect uh, uh, i guess an international outlook on the world as well um whereas british culture is is a little bit different to that you know it's not as uh, it's almost like you know how people who come from outside of amsterdam look at Amsterdamers yeah it's that sort of thing yeah right and just I'm sure it's like Amsterdam culture is different to Dutch culture yeah in some for ways sure. yeah. yeah but what okay so what's your view because that's interesting because you you think that I'm 
I think when we one of the first conversations we had is I just see you as a British guy. You said that to me. I think that's an interesting. Yeah, when interesting I didn't thing. know you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So let, let's let's delve into that. So like you know, I'm also I guess you you have a, you have this picture of what a British guy British person is, and then you meet me. But in the same way, like, what's the what what's that? What does that look like for Dutch people currently for you? Well, Dutch people or people from Amsterdam. I I, I think I would only know people from Amsterdam. Okay, let's right? do Amsterdamers. Um, the my generation. Wait, my generation or yours? <laughs> oh, for God's sake! Okay, for God's sake, Vidushi. No, no. Let's let's just ha- no. We're gonna hash it out now. We're gonna hash it out now. Okay. First of all, first of all. You are 23 years old. Okay, okay you're going to be 24 yeah, in February. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're, I'm. Tw- I just turned 28 years old. For some reason, <laughs> you think there's a generation between us. We're the same fucking generation. Both born in the 90s. Listen, you're like the most mature friend I have. So that says that, something. That says something about you, not me. Okay, fine. That's worrying for me that I'm the most mature <laughs> person you know. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I still make panty jokes. Oh, I won't argue with that. <laughs> No, but I think what it derives from, so I have to tell the anecdote now. So uh, Vidushi went to Portugal in the summer. She went on like a surf trip. She went on a surf trip. No, I'm not going to tell that story. I'm going to tell the other story. So she was on her flight and she had to sign some documents. And it basically, you have to give like a, it's like a Corona form, right? And Mm -hmm. it's like an entrance form. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she had to put an emergency contact in there. And instead of putting like normal people that you put in, like your parents or your brother, your sister, she put my name down. Oh my God. You were like the closest person <laughs> geographically. Okay. Like what if something happened to me? But like, what, what would my parents do? They're like seas apart, sea apart. And I was like, wait, whose name can I put? Oh, Hamza. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> he could handle shit, I guess. And then we and then you came back and I think I saw you the like the day after you came back. We went to get pizza and then you were like you didn't even tell me that day. I forgot. Yeah, then I forgot. saw you and I remembered what I had done and I was like, "Oh, I think I need Hamza's consent on this. I cannot just put people as my emergency contact out of the blue." Just like, "Oh, Hamza." I was I'm laughing sorry. for so long. I was laughing for so long. And then you were like, "I'm really sorry. I need to tell you this thing." I was like, "Don't be firstly, don't be sorry. It's kind of funny." But also, what the hell are you thinking? I'm glad you see it that way. <laughs> So funny. So this is why she thinks there's a generation between us. Okay, let me be very clear. (laughs) I'm a little bit older than you, but just to be clear, just to be clear, our generation, what do Amsterdamers in that generation look like to you? Um, To be honest, like it doesn't, there are elements that look very similar to me, the same way that they do in India. Mm -hmm. And there's things that look different like I think people appear the same to me as they do in India like because I think people are fundamentally the same it's but just, what do you mean by that you know the things people like the people the things people like to talk about because like I don't think there's a very big continental difference between this generation because we're so linked with media and internet so the things that people like here are the same things that people like there and I can always talk to my friends in India but whatever I talk to my friends here because Mm -hmm. like we're kind of we're all on the same page Um, the things that look different is that of course like there's way more privilege here so you're like you have a lot more options you can take your time into doing things for most people at least maybe it's not the same for everybody Mm. but 
yeah, it's the difference of privilege. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's something that's not specific to this generation, but to every generation in this continent. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you moved here when you were 20. You've been here for four years, almost four years, almost four years. No. What do you mean? You moved no. here when you were 20? Yeah, but like 20, but I moved in September. Okay, so... And it's officially like three, three years. years. Okay, first of all, happy anniversary. Thank you. Second of all, do you feel like an Amsterdamer? I do. Yes. Oh my gosh, Good. I do. Totally. So I, this is what I feel, okay? I'm going to say my piece, but I don't want it to cloud what you're going to say. I feel like I've, I will be two years for me in January, like actually moving in. I'm sort of getting to understand like what it means to be an Amsterdamer. Like, obviously, I don't speak Dutch, but I can kind of get around and I'm trying to speak a bit more. But like, I do feel like I'm part of the city now, you know, like I've got my neighborhood. I've got like people I see on my walks. I'm saying what's up to them. So I'm sort of feeling part of this this place now. And also, I can't imagine like today even. um, Side note, I got my passport today. Congratulations. I'm so happy. It's a new one. Well, I'm happy that's a new one, but it's it's dark blue. My dad's calling me. Hang on. No. Um, um, and it's it's a sad day because it used to say European Union on it, and now it just says oh. British passport. So Brexit. Sorry, I, I don't feel anything for you, but I'm sorry. <sighs> so yeah. So anyway, yeah. but I was cycling to pick this up, and I was like, in the UK, you wouldn't cycle to pick up your passport. You'd have to like get a flight to pick up your passport, <laughs> and it would be really expensive and laborious. Cycling is special, isn't it? It's so nice, it's and I don't. Special. That's one thing I don't want to give up on. It's like no. anywhere I live on live next i want it to be embedded as part of the city like it's so normal just like getting on your bike and going somewhere it's so nice like okay you live quite far from where i do but like i unless i'm like exhausted i never have a problem biking to yours because the road is so nice i have a cool bike and i can just your bike's not that cool it's awesome (laughs) you're just jealous you don't have it and it's just it's so much fun you can just bike around listen to your music and you're here but yeah i do really feel feel like like an Amsterdam. that's good that's a nice feeling yeah especially like I mean, I don't know how I would feel if I didn't have friends. Yeah. Then if I would like the city as much. But because the city is beautiful. It's a very beautiful city. But it's 50% city that's keeping me here and 50% friends that are keeping me here. Because it's like my family away from family. That's cute. I know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like you said, you know, like when you walk around and you're like, wait, I know this person. The same for me. Like when I go to West, where we are now... Like, hey, I know Hamza, I know this friend, I know that friend. Or if I'm in North, I'm like, wait, that's another friend yeah. there. East, someone else. I'm Slovene, someone else. Uh, like, they're just friends everywhere. Nice. That makes you feel more cozy in the city because it feels familiar. You know people around. Mm-hmm. Are, are like, well, yeah, once you've been here three years and you're like, there's still so many things that I haven't done or like mm-hmm. I haven't seen. There's, But that's Amsterdam. There's always something new coming up. Just when you think that... I'm beginning to get a bit bored and a, f- a month later you're like nope nope let's I'm do that let's now. do this yeah. yeah yeah no it's nice i think i think that's the thing is you there isn't there is this like appetite in the city where you can try lots of different things mm. like you know sports and recreations and that kind of thing obviously now because of corona everything's closed yeah but um i always i always got that sense like when i first moved here i went to like an anatomy drawing class and i did cool. that for a few weeks and that's really fun and then you know like life happens and then you find mezrav <laughs> and then you find you know then you find uh you find art galleries and then yeah. you find like 
like different places to go out and like party go dancing. yeah go like dance yeah exactly go dancing like there's so many different types of things to do here and i that's the one thing i love about it is like everything's within cycling distance and that's i think that makes it special because yeah. amsterdam is so approachable because yeah. it's tiny like i think like there are a lot of fun things to do in india as well but india is just huge yeah and going around is difficult but yeah here i can do so many things like every evening i have something i'm never home in the evening well mm. now yes but like usually no because yeah after work it's just okay well 20 minutes bike ride mm. and i'm there that it's like a city with with full of new things to do but at the same time it's a village mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that makes it really fun it, that makes it special nice yeah it's very cozy. cozy very cozy yeah i'm almost there i'm almost feeling like an amsterdamer i think the whole like I'm I'm going to find it tough in my life to shake the whole London thing, that feeling of being a Londoner. But I think it's because like it's such a big city. Yeah. It's like there's roughly 8 to 9 million people who actually live in the city. It's so big. Like it also I think has a different vibe where it's like even if you live in West Amsterdam or East Amsterdam, you're still like an Amsterdamer. Whereas yeah. I think there is a distinct or at least from what I've seen, there's a distinct difference to if you're from North London or South London and East London and West London. There's it's a bit it gets a bit tribal. North London obviously is the best because because <laughs> you live yeah, there. Let's be honest. <laughs> let's be honest. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm also starting to really feel like this is home, home. Yeah. Um, and I feel very safe here. It feels very like, especially now, it's like safe, right? so safe. It's so I it's so safe. I've I've never felt like I've never felt like anything any shit's gonna go down here. My gosh, I was having I was walking around I think the red light district with a friend. Yeah. And he's from Brazil. Mm-hmm. But we were just walking and, and we, we just started, we had the same thought in mind, like, dude, in our own countries at night, we would never go down yeah. this little alley because you know how it is, just this tiny little street and it's dark Yeah. and you would just walk through it and be like, dude, I would be afraid that I'm going to get yeah. raped or get right. stabbed or something. Yeah. But no, you just walk through it. I, I cannot shake the feeling of being just a little unsafe. Well, not anymore. Like, but in the first year here, hmm. like, I'm not sure I want to walk that street by myself. Right. But now it's like, yeah, nothing's yeah. gonna happen. Just some people smoking pot. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Yeah. No, I, I, I feel very safe here. I think yeah. uh, I grew up. I guess because because I grew up in a big city, you're always told to like keep your wits about you. Yeah. But yeah. here, I. It's not that I don't. It's just more that I don't feel like anything's going to go down. Because what, what are they going to do? Cycle away from you? Or just chase them <laughs> on my bike? <laughs> like, I, I mean, actually... we've seen some drug deals going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, we do, we've yeah. seen that. Yeah, but I it's mean... so like, it's so like, ah, who cares? It's, it's so like random yeah. and like, like... Everything goes here. No one no one cares so yeah, much. That's true. You know, about what's going on. It's a bit like, just let, let you know, let people do what they need to do. I think I really like that about Amsterdam. That's I think that's what keeps people in Amsterdam. Yeah. The freedom. Yeah, freedom. Freedom. Did you feel like there was maybe less freedom in India? Mm, it's. I don't think I'm the right person to give an answer to that because I mean, yeah, for sure, okay. But um, I feel like it's just my life before I moved here was very different. It was very academically focused. Mm. So even if I had freedom, it wasn't like I was using it, mm-hmm. you know. I was just studying and studying and and working hard and that was about it. Was the motive was the motive through your education to like go go overseas or was that yeah was that always the motivation for you? I think so. Yeah, because like when I even when I finished my uh, high school, uh, I gave some exams and I got ex- accepted to move to the states. Yeah, 
But then my parents were like, oh, you're only 17. You're not even 18 yet. Uh, you cannot move. Where in the States? Dude, I don't even remember. Was East Ohio, Coast? Ohio, maybe? Ohio, okay. Was Interesting. Um, Portland as well. There were a few places that I applied to. Okay. So um, Portland would have been cool. Uh, I, I think know. Ohio is also cool. I think it's I think it's a Republican state, but I think it would be cool. I think. Good to know. I was so obsessed with the election. Sorry. <laughs> a lot of my friends were. I was so obsessed. Like for like four days, I was like, just fucking call it already. But also, yeah. this electoral college thing is pretty interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It was. So it was it was focused on it was focused on I mean like, also but like for the like I told you right like I mentioned earlier I was a shit student until high school yeah. and then something changed yeah because I started studying well in high school there were only two subjects that I was good at biology and English literature because mm-hmm. those were the only thing two things that I liked and I realized I'm incapable of doing anything that I don't like so I'm the same I think that's I just, a human trait though no yeah. no that's not true really there were people in yeah during my whole academic life in india they didn't like it but they could push through it and get really good grades and i do really like it It's like no that's not the point Mm. okay Mm. but i just couldn't i just couldn't focus um but anyway but then during my bachelor's i was studying psychology and it's the subject that i chose for myself Mm -hmm. and i really enjoyed it and i had a minor in english literature and i was also studying hindi literature and oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was it was really cool, and we had really cool electives as well. I really enjoyed university. Mm. I never enjoyed school. Yeah, but university was different. I felt smart at university. That's I was nice. Like, I know what I'm doing. This yeah. is fun. Yeah, I, that's weird. Actually, my throughout my education, I I didn't I didn't work hard up until I went to university, but when I went to university, I felt really smart, and mm. that's I think that's a really strange thing because uh, I'll be honest, I was made to feel dumb when I was at high school. And uh, I don't know what it was. I think maybe because I I think I wasn't working hard, so I think that was misinterpreted as he's not smart. Yeah. Um. But I got I got decent grades in the end, and also when I went to university, I think it was maybe because I was I gave a little bit more of a shit about like oh sh- like I need to get my future yeah. together now. Yeah. Um. Which was quite which was quite enlightening. Do you think that? Yeah. So I would say which environment? So you've you've had education in India and you've had it in Amsterdam. Um which fosters yeah what kind of what kind of an an education environment yeah what's the differences between those two like what kind of environment is there in india and what kind of environment is there in amsterdam amsterdam okay <clears throat> our education in amsterdam is more forgiving i wouldn't like okay at least the university that i went to was super good and the education mm-hmm. in india is really good like yeah. because it's it's just focused on working really hard and yeah. learning everything that you can and it's competitive so you are good most of my classmates were really good too yeah but like here everybody's good as well like um there is a cutoff that take like there's a cutoff of people getting in the university yeah. and all that so people who get in are smart mm. But it's just so forgiving. It's so easy going like, oh, yeah, you yeah, failed. Sure. Oh, no problem. Just yeah, take yeah, yeah. a reset. Oh, you failed again. Okay, another reset. And it's fine. You would yeah. still graduate with an eight. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> what's the repercussions what? in fa- for failing in India? Apart from the fact that you bring shame on your family. Failure of the biggest, <laughs> like, yeah, you cannot fail. Okay, you don't fail in India. <laughs> See, that's why I have a lack of words because I've never imagined failing in India. You don't fail. Mm. Like, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but here Interesting. That's no. That's a good distinction. That's actually something. Um, I guess it's it's not stereotypical in the sense that y- you would understand that. I guess one one place, 
really wants you to strive for success. And we're not saying that the Dutch system doesn't, yeah. but you're right. I think there's a lot, there's a big safety net oh, yeah, when you're yeah, in Europe. Yeah, it's a big safety net. Totally. Also with exams and stuff, it's so lenient. Like it's just all multiple choice questions. And like in India, you really have to like describe yourself. Like, what do you mean? Mm. And but but also like in India, my bachelor, there were like 30 or 40 students in a class. Here it's a class of the first year psychology is like maybe 500 students. Mm. So I can imagine why. Like it makes sense that you have multiple choice and stuff because it's easy to correct and all that. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, the... Yeah, it's very different here. Well, I had a lot of fun because well, I was living five minutes away from the university for the first time in my life. I was like, yes, so close. What was that first week like? Well, the first week was just fun because uni hadn't started. Mm -hmm. And actually, before even moving to Amsterdam, um, I had already made friends. Okay. Uh, we had like WhatsApp groups and stuff. So we, like, I kind of knew who was in my class and uh, who was living in the same building as me. Um, that was really nice. And then when I landed there, the first day was just being really practical and getting around and stuff, um, getting furniture for my room and all that. Mm. After that, slowly, the university is really good. Like, they make sure that international students feel at home. So it's like this huge orientation week where there are like so many fun things planned. Mm. So it's like you cannot miss meeting yeah. people. And it was super fun. Like, yeah. I was having a lot of fun. Um, I met all the people that I had previously spoken to. And they were like, hey, I'm in the building. Do you want to meet? So I was like, yeah, let's meet. I was like, That's oh, it's so, so nice. nice to meet you yeah. in person. And then we all got together and there were parties and really nice mm. the first week was super fun the first month was really fun the first year i don't even know where it went mm -hmm. it was just like moving to a new new city but then moving meeting all these lovely new people as well and because everybody was in a similar place right leaving home coming to a new mm. country for education so it was very easy to connect with people and yeah that went on for about a year that's great. Yeah. Such a positive experience. Did you visit Amsterdam before you moved here? No, I had never been to Europe before I moved what? here. What? So I was just like, oh, okay, um, Amsterdam. All right, let's see what the hype is about. And took a plane That's came just here. so lucky. Sorry, it's such a cool place. I mean, like, but seriously, what if it wasn't, you know? Yeah, true, true. But I, I'm not, I mean, you're, I I mean, so you're really lucky. lucky. Like, you're really super lucky because this is a secret. I don't know if I told you this. My initial plan, mm -hmm. because I moved here when the when Article 50, 50 had been triggered, so it means that like the UK was leaving the EU. So I was like, oh, I don't know if I can actually move there. <clears throat> My plan was to do a master's here, so I could just hey. be here. Yeah, so I could just be here. But then I looked at the fees and I was like, ah, I can't do that because they had started to at the time, at least when I when I messaged the administration, they said. Oh, we're going to start charging you international fees uh, as opposed to European fees. European fees are like education yeah. loans. <laughs> yeah. European fees are like two thousand a year, which is like which is peanuts. <laughs> which is it hurts. Yeah, me. which it is peanuts, me. and then international is like ten grand up. It's just crazy. It's six times more. It's In the, painful. So, so here it's here it's it's I think it's. Uh, still very expensive but in the UK oh, I know people so for instance if you wanted to study uh, a medicine degree in the UK mm -hmm. my generation paid three grand but now you need to pay th nine grand a year one of my friends oh my god um, he studied medicine for five years 
and he paid twenty-seven thousand pounds a year. That just hurts me, man. Twenty-seven. I feel I feel pain in my heart. Jesus. Oh my god. Well, you better be a very good doctor and pay it off, right? I think he's a very good doctor. Good. Yeah, yeah I think he's good a very him. good doctor. He's like he, he's yeah he's really committed to it. Well, he wasn't. He didn't used to be, but now he is, and he's doing very well. Okay. Um, but I remember feeling that pain when he told me. And it like it doesn't even matter like it doesn't even matter if you come from like like rich parents or whatever wow. it's still like 27,000 is a shitload of money. But it's also like do you want your parents to pay that much money for you or do you want to do Why it isn't university just free? I know, right? Just make it free. Why do I have to pay? That's what to the next generation educated. yeah, next generation education should be free. Information is free. That's why I like PhDs here because you get paid. For you it. get paid. Yes, you like, get paid. Finally. I might actually do a PhD. I'm thinking about it. You should. But what should it's I do good. it in? I don't know. We yeah, tried we'll to figure this out the other day. We'll we don't know what I bring to the table. <laughs> <laughs> jokes. <laughs> Lots of jokes. We, Lots my, of laughter. It was my birthday. We were trying to figure out what I bring to the table. No one could tell me. Oh, no. My, li- my younger brother was like, you're good at math. I've never done math in my life. You wanted to be an accountant as a kid. What happened oh, to that? I was just, I was indoctrinated. Like there was one guy who was a family friend who had a really good career, but he wasn't an accountant. He was a financial advisor. But my dad was like, haha, accountant, accountant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So I thought things. it meant accountant. For God's sake, why is my life like this? Anyway, if anyone can tell me what I bring to the table, that would be helpful because we couldn't figure it out on my birthday. You could do a. Can you do a PhD in like? You can do a PhD in art and design or something. Yeah, I'm glad that you said that because, yeah, You're I have no artist. formal education in art or design, um, but I would love to. I think to be honest, I just want to be paid to like do yeah. stuff that I really enjoy all the time. But I'll, I'll get to it eventually. I just think I need to. Um, sell some things sell some pictures of myself to some uh, questionable characters anyway <laughs> anyway we've actually only got like 10 minutes left can what? you believe that yeah i feel like we barely talked exactly okay. so you know i'm gonna let's just get to sort of the the juicy bits it's like so from the outsider and i'm, I'm, I'm kind of playing back some of the things that you said to me so you grew up in this environment which was about learning and exposure you spoke a little bit about like how you know this place is more perhaps more forgiving than where you've been from been where you've come from what what do you think what do you think like the future holds like carrying those things forward like do you feel do you feel like for instance you would ever move back to india and kind of pursue a life there that's with it with this new renewed vision or do you always see yourself living in europe do you see yourself moving on to other places what does the future hold as a young same generation 23 year old <laughs> Well, okay, firstly, the thing about, like, this place being more forgiving than the other, I feel like that's not true, you know? Like, yeah, it's true in academia, but, like, it's not true in, in real. Because, mm-hmm. okay, India has its own challenges, but being a colored person in Europe is also has its own challenges. Yeah. Because at least when you're an Indian in India, you're seen as an Indian, you know? There's colorism in India, but you're still an Indian. Mm-hmm. But here, you're seen as an other. Mm-hmm. And that actually has a lot of struggles like the racism isn't overt but it's subtle and it exists Mm -hmm. and it still hurts so um but other than that i would i would like to go back to india at some point for a bit i'm not sure if i would live there because i don't know what i would do there Mm -hmm. because like i feel like my work life my friends they're all here so Mm -hmm. i really see my life in europe Mm -hmm. Maybe in Amsterdam for a while and I don't know. I'm definitely very curious about going to other places. Yeah. 
but I realized that my friends are really keeping me here. That's really cute. Yeah. Well, so, so that's one interesting thing. So I've never made life decisions based on where my friends are. I think that maybe I'm a little bit selfish. I don't know. Have you always had friends? I moved around so much that I didn't have yeah, that many true. friends. So I'm just enjoying this. That's true, actually. And also, I think I, I lived in, I've lived in the same hometown, you know, for most of my life. Yeah. And I think, but I think it's interesting. I think it's also because when I was there, I based a lot of my decisions on what my friends are doing. Yeah. And I think that's, it's okay at some, some level, but it's also like not okay when you're thinking about what you no. want from your life. I had this conversation with my best friend, actually. He said, he think he had this, he has this idea in his head. He was like, yeah, but you and I want the same things in life. And I was like, no, we don't. We have totally different careers, like totally different ambitions. We're in different cities now as a result of those decisions. Mm -hmm. But I think it's the stories that we tell ourselves that we we almost like almost like filter out the the things that we don't see within the reality. So, for instance, when you're in one place, you might not necessarily see the bullshit of like yeah. your friends. You just yeah. assume that oh yeah, these are just my friends. But then when you take yourself out of that environment, you're like, I don't want to be friends with that person, <laughs> or or like or we think very in very different ways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just that's kind of one thing I've I've picked up on more so recently um, than before. But yeah. But I mean, like, yeah, because I had I had to make that decision at some point to leave Amsterdam because I got a PhD position somewhere else, and I was like, I struggled with it so much. I was quite sad. Like every time I thought that I was gonna take it, I felt just really sad about mm. leaving Amsterdam. I wasn't ready to leave. I wasn't ready to, for you to leave. If I'm honest, when you told me, I think we were, we were in the park that day, yeah. and you were like, "Yeah, I think I'm gonna move to Germany." I was like, "What?" I was Belgium. Back Belgium. Then. I was like, "Belgium? <laughs> no." I remember thinking, I was just like, "Nah, you're not yeah. gonna have fun. Like, it's not gonna be good." No. No. I and feel like Amsterdam is, is, it would take a very beautiful, another very beautiful city to match Amsterdam. Yeah. Like I, I think we're so spoiled. We're so spoiled. This building is 1905. Oh shit. Yeah. It's been through two world wars, Damn. and now there are two brown people sitting here talking about their feelings. <laughs> so, so it's very, it's, it's a very facilitating, yeah. accommodating place. You mentioned something though that I want to go back to. So you've also you've said that you are, you feel like an Amsterdamer now, but you've also you also mentioned that feeling of being feeling like an other in Europe. What is that? What do you mean by that? Well, I guess like at the moment that feeling isn't there, but sometimes you know, like it's weird, like Amsterdam. You don't need to speak Dutch and you feel like you right, fit right in. Maybe that's why like I haven't worked hard in, for like learning this language. But I think it's just, um, I used to have a part-time job. And that was when I was not in my academia bubble. And not in my friend circle bubble either. This was like seeing the real world. Um, and how it is outside from your comfort zone and that's when I just encountered people who were just straight up racist mm. like they were just fundamentally fucked up and it was it was really hard and like I had never experienced racism before so when it happened for the first time I was like whoa this feels wrong <laughs> like what is this feeling well it was actually the first year in Amsterdam right like the first few months were wonderful like they were great and happy. Little did I know that racism was just around the corner waiting for me. Like, oh, not yet, little there girl. There is. There is racism. <laughs> Come to the real world. Peeking his head around the corner. Yeah, like, I could enjoy your first few <laughs> bubbly days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But then, like, my bubble was burst. Like, mm. all right. This mm. is also the truth. 
and yeah i've been exoticized and people just say it's bullshit and they patronize you they yeah they just don't think hmm. um that's when you feel really hurt you know you're like like what did i do mm-hmm. uh, you're just you you just make these assumptions based on the color of my skin and the fact that i don't speak your language mm-hmm. um so yeah that that's what i mean by other seen right. seen as an other so yeah. quickly yeah i think i think you mentioned something to me once that i never picked up on before but i always mention it to my my friends when when the conversation steers in that direction is you said you never you had never experienced racism before <laughs> that's so like bizarre to me like <laughs> yeah. so bizarre because yeah. i've always you had the same reaction when i told this to you yeah i was just like that's that's weird to me because like racism was like a fundamental part of life like yeah. i'm not talking about overt things mm-hmm. like and i think you mentioned this as well it's, it's the covert ways yeah but it's like like when i was nine i'll give you an example when i was nine years old mm-hmm. um um you know the terrible like tragic um terrorist attacks happened in new york yeah right so my childhood has been marked by those experiences simply just like turning on the news and like people that look like you and like the constant like vilification of people who sound and look like you yeah. you know to go to the extent i don't know if you know this but in the uk in the uk we had this this like uh this crazy guy called abu hamza <laughs> and he had a hook no i'll show you a picture later he had a hook and a glass eye and he just used to spout nonsense in the streets and like naturally like kids are kids and so they make the connection and it was just like what the hell is going on here and like that's an overt version of like of like a, 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 of something that you think oh but i'm not like that why are people treating me or saying things that are like that yeah. thankfully he went to prison so it was all good but okay. <laughs> but it was still like he was still a prominent figure and he still is to this day and i think it's one of those things where you're like oh okay i like i do have to be conscious of the fact of like who i am and and even to this day, when I go to airports, I'm like overly, I'm overly polite and I give people a lot of space yeah. and I'm very like generous with like my words and I speak very slowly <laughs> and the British accent becomes very strong <laughs> and everything starts with terribly sorry. Oh no. <laughs> so, so like I get that and I, I understand that. And, and, uh, but when you said to me like, yeah, I've never experienced racism before, I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, that for me, that just sounds so bizarre, but I guess... Maybe if I'd grown up in, yeah, maybe if I'd grown up in Pakistan, maybe if I'd grown up in India. I mean, I never, I never had any white friends or black friends, you know, mm. I only had like Indian friends, mm. so I wouldn't know. And well, another thing, I guess this experience of racism as shitty as it is, and not, not having grown up with other people of color in India. Mm-hmm. I feel like whenever I meet another person of color, not necessarily Indian, I just feel and and we talk and you know it's the first time I meet them we're just like we feel so familiar somehow yeah. I'm just like wait like yeah hey we can talk yeah. you know like yeah. you I mean they have to be um they are colored people living in Europe hmm. and then we, we connect so easily we're like oh you go through the same shit I do yeah. like I feel your pain and I don't know it's just things flow so easily mm-hmm. like we're we're connected and we live kind of like similar lives um yeah. which is quite nice um, yeah yeah i think that's nice i think you can also i think that's why i sort of created this is kind of for two reasons number one is like you you tend to find the immigrant badge put on people of color but mm. also i've noticed that 
it's actually not true. Like, I think Euro- the Europeanization of people has become that, like, if you're white and then you move to a place, then you become that, like, place. You become that uh, people from that place. Whereas, like, if I speak to some of my English friends, they're not actually English. They, you know, some of their ancestry is from Germany, some of their ancestry is from, from Poland, some of them's from, like, Croatia, etc. Yeah. And it's like, they've just, I guess they've, they've integrated a little bit or because they can speak the language, they've lost some of that. Yeah. But I think especially uh, someone said it well, is like, why don't we learn about, why don't we learn about, for instance, colonial history Yeah. in schools in the UK? And someone said, someone said something really well, and I can't remember where I saw it, but it was like, ignorance is built into our culture, like to forget about other people's experiences built into the culture yeah. a little bit. Um, and I think that's kind of why I love doing this is like, even, even we've had this conversation for, for an hour or so, yeah. I've, I've kind of, I've learned a little bit more about you and like where you're coming from and why you say certain things or why you have certain decisions. I'm glad. Yeah, but I think this is, this is, this is what I enjoy. Like I don't, like for instance, the saying is um, on a first date, never talk about religion or politics. I'm like, oh, fuck it. Then I don't want to go on dates. Who so, does that? Yeah, but like, is that real? That's the thing I was taught. Like, that's the thing that was like commonly told. Right. I to was do. never taught about dating, you know. I just figured it out on my own. I have never <laughs> dated anyone in my life. <laughs> Listen, no one. <laughs> no one ever. My mom will beat me, no, okay? No, no. So that, that's, uh, but that's, that's the thing I wanted to get at. Is like, this is the reason why I like these conversations so much. Yeah, but also that thing about language, right? Like, I feel like people who, white people who come here uh, to the Netherlands, mm. if they don't speak Dutch, mm. it's not that, I mean, I don't know if they get a lot of shit, mm. but I feel like if you're colored and you don't speak the language, you get mm. more shit. Mm. Because you're like, oh, you're an immigrant, but I don't know. But maybe if you're French or Spanish, maybe other Dutch people also speak French or, and Spanish. So maybe mm. they'll, they'll be like, oh, well, good they chance good for languages. me to yeah. practice my Spanish. I, but they don't feel the same way about English. I feel like, so when I, I think it depends where I go. I think if I'm in Amsterdam and I don't speak Dutch, it's mostly okay. Yeah. Depends where I go to. But if I'm looking slightly scraggly one day and like... I've just like rolled out of bed and I'm going somewhere. Then I think people treat me differently because I'm looking a bit scraggly. Yeah. But I don't. I haven't really felt that like. Oh well, you're you're not from. I guess. Yeah. Maybe it's different because when you're working in service, people already think that think they can just is. like say whatever right. they want to. Yeah. Oh, but I remember I I had this. Also, I have to I have to point out I live a, like an extreme privileged life in Amsterdam, <laughs> so I have to be very clear about it as well. Like. <laughs> Everyone I'm, everyone I'm surrounded by is is either like really old Dutch and has lived here for generations. Yeah. And so they have a little bit of time to like actually get to know me because they don't have to work. That's and then there's the other side of like, I'm surrounded by immigrants and expats who are, who are here for, who work in like white collar jobs. So just need to make that very clear. Yeah. But I remember having um, a colleague at, uh, at this part-time work as a waitress. And I, I remember having a really bad experience with one of the customers and then I went up to her and I told her and she was like, welcome to the real world, baby. <laughs> she was black and she knew what I was talking about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was it. Nice. Well, I knew you made notes and I'm sorry if I didn't talk through all of the questions, but is there anything that you wrote down that you really wanted to say? Because it's only I only have one lasting provocation to you. The last one is as a result of your experiences and some of the things that you've spoken about today, what do you think your superpower is? Oh, yeah. One. this is the hard one you even said to me yesterday you were like oh it's that I question i can't get to and then you asked me and i was like it's my podcast shut up you'll have to answer that too at some point at some point i will 
at some point. Oh, yeah, after you've I, taken everybody's answers. No, no, but the thing is, the thing is, I can give you the answer as it is now. Okay. Anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to color your answers. So you tell me what your super or what you think your superpower is right now. I think my superpower. Well, I think I have two. I'm special. Well, first is that I don't feel like I have this need to be different from other people. I don't. I don't necessarily want to be unique. I think I just just want to be, and I'm very happy with just being. And the other one is that I think I am quite fearless. Um, nothing really scares me that easily. Or maybe I'm just really naive. That could be that. But yeah, I think um, I just do what I like pretty easily without thinking too much about it. And if I like something, I just leap towards it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. I like that. It's a good answer. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I think that's actually some good like life advice to give people. Is like, it? Don't yeah. Don't strive to be like the special one in the room. But also, there's so many of us. How could you be special? Yeah, but you you forget no, like you point. forget with the snowflake generation. Yeah, we've all got a microphone and a laptop, so we can I be heard. True. <laughs> snowflakes. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> um, Vidushi, thank you very much. Is there anything else you want to say to anyone? You want to say hi to a distant relative? If you want to say bye to an, an ex-boyfriend who keeps messaging you? <laughs> <on>. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess just a little thing, like to all the colored people out there, like pick your battles, because yeah, it's a war. It's not a, you know, like you have to keep the fire burning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't don't let the flame out. Okay. And by flame, she means making dal chawal at home <laughs> and taking it to Mezrab. Yes. Great. Thank you very much. This You're was welcome. fun. This was really fun. We'll Thanks do, for having me. You know what? We'll do another one. You mentioned it before. Maybe we'll do one next time where we just talk about one theme. And I think that theme, we'll do a dating one. Mm, there are many, no? many things that we could do. Let's talk about... Maybe we could just talk about food. The food, <gasps> the food episode would be so good. Gosh. The food yeah. episode. Anyway. Anyway, we'll get to that later on. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. Speak to you soon. Bye.